Hey everybody, it's Coach Hart here with System Basketball. We got another edition that I'm happy to have. I have System Zoomcast here with Coach Joe Coletti. Hey Coach, I'm glad going, to have Coach? you with us today. Um, Coach Coletti is in Arizona with the Willow Canyon and we're gonna dive into a bunch of topics today. Um, so I'm just happy to have you Coach. How, how you doing today? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to share a little bit. Um, I just, I've loved everything you've done. Uh, I know you started back up in March when kind of everything shut down with some of these Zoom calls and clinics and um, it's just been awesome. So have loved to be a part of them and I'm glad to share some thoughts and uh, yeah, excited to be with you today. Cool. Well, what have you been doing with yourself besides coming on the Zoom calls and your team to kind of get through this, this crazy time? I know, For sure. I know well, you're in a hotbed. I'm in a hotbed, and things are kind of going in reverse here. So yeah, yeah. I almost feel like we should be wearing masks right now, right? Um, <laughs> it uh, yeah. It's you know we we've said this. I feel like I've said this every single time I've been on a call with with my program, either my kids or parents or even our coaches when we've done some Zoom calls that we're in a really unique time, and obviously we all know that. <clears throat> and so I think um, leaders figure out ways to move ahead regardless of the circumstances. And so for us, um, we've tried to figure out what's the best way that we can keep some of the momentum that we had as a program. Um, and so we've done some Zoom calls. Um, we're currently doing a book study. Um, we had some donors step up. Uh, and so we were able to buy copies of Kevin Eastman's book. Um, and coach was awesome. He wrote us a handwritten letter so that we could share that with the kids. I thought that That's was spectacular. Coach, he's um, the best. For sure. And so we're doing that right now. Um, like I said, we've done a bunch of different Zoom calls. We've watched film over Zoom. We've watched, we, we broke down a TBT game over Zoom. Um, <laughs> just different things that we can try to connect with them, you know, because the reality is most of our guys are, are at home. Uh, you know, it's a thousand degrees here. We live on the surface of the sun in Phoenix. And so, um, you know, they're, if they can't get in a gym, they're either at the park really early in the morning or really late at night. Um, and so there's been an opportunity there. Uh, the other thing that I thought was really cool, two things I'll share with you that we did. Um, we've done a lot of things and a lot of them have not worked. Uh, but that again, goes back to what I was saying. I think you got to try and if something works, double down on it. And if it doesn't move away from it. Um, but two things that we did that worked really well. The first one was we did a one-on-one -on -one virtual skills challenge and so basically what we did is said hey anybody that wants to get in on it up to 32 kids and that involved our youth kids as well our youth program so sixth through 12th grade all they had to do was kind of fill out a google doc um and then we plugged them into a bracket and then we shared it on our social media channels and like the first challenge was dribbling how many dribbles i think between your legs could you get in a row without losing the ball and so, you know, kids are 220 dribbles. A kid did it 20 times, but he has 24 hours to redo it. And so they videotaped um, them doing the challenge. And then whoever had the most going head to head moved just, on in the bracket. It was just straight how many times, no time limit, no parameters? For sure, yeah. So, well, yeah, obviously. So when kids would send me videos, right, <laughs> I would write back to them and go, man, this is way too slow. My, my grandma could do it better. Come on. You know, and then they would do it again. So. Um, I learned again, trying, right. I put parameters on the next round. So, um, things like that, push-ups, um, how many free throws can you make in a row? 
One of them was run a mile for time. So like we had kids asking coach, did, did I beat the guy who I'm going against? No, you didn't. And they would go run another mile because they had 24 hours to get their best time. So um, what we were really looking for from that was engagement and we got it. And so, you know, I think that was a win. Um, and then the other thing that we did was we put the kids in platoons. And so we did groups of five or six kids. We had a platoon leader and that guy was given all of their phone numbers or emails or connecting through Remind, whatever it was, so they could connect. And basically we would send a coaching staff member would send a workout to the platoon leaders. So we had, I think eight of those guys, and then they would then pass that on to the guys in their platoon. And it was just, you know, a chance for accountability, self accountability. Um, and you know, again, that worked well for some of the platoons, they bought in and loved it. And some of the other groups, you know, we were having to follow up and you know, it's week three and you haven't, you're asking for this kid's number. Uh, what's, you know, so things like that. So, um, really at the end of the day, like I said, coach, we're just trying to figure out how to move forward. Um, knowing that we can't be together face to face. And even when we have been, um, that it's, you know, very different. And, uh, so yeah, those are some of the things that we've done. I think you're doing more than majority. I know a lot of us are doing things cause we see a lot of people on zoom calls, um, sure. but we're trying to just do, I'm, I am too. I think you're doing a great job with that. You're just trying to make it as normal as we can. Um, and well, it's been, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's been, uh, foundational in our conversations, my wife and I, so my wife's a theater teacher. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just, we've had a lot of conversations about really why we do these things. You know, obviously we're competitive. Um, you know, as soon as we're in the gym, uh, you know, I, I kind of say I'm the Chihuahua who has a very loud bark cause I'm one of the smallest guys, um, on my staff in, in my program. Um, but I'm competitive. And so once we get in the gym, it's time to go. Um, but this situation has really kind of brought us back down to the foundation of why do we have sports? Um, why am I in the position to coach? Um, my wife, why is she in the position to influence young people through, uh, theater and, um, you know, growing their self-confidence by being on stage. And, and so I think that's at the heart of how do we move forward is if you start with your foundation of why, why are we even coaching? And, and what are we trying to accomplish? Um, you can check those things off and move forward if you start with that foundation, so. Yeah. Um, so how long have you been coaching high school basketball, Coach? Um, going into my 13th year. So this will be my um, fourth year as the head coach at Willow Canyon High School, which is in Surprise, uh, Arizona. So it's just, just outside of Phoenix. Um, started on the east side of town. Uh, I coached at a, at a high school um, in Cave Creek and a junior high school over there, um, which ironically, that school building has been now sold. And Bella Vista, which is a prep school, um, actually owns that building. And they, they operate one of the um, kind of premier prep schools out here in Phoenix. You know, there's a few of those out here. So um, anyways, Coached there for a couple years and then um, moved to the west side of Phoenix uh, to Peoria. And I coached at Centennial High School for a few years um, under Mike Gahan. Um, and that was great. Learned a lot. Um, and then I, at the same time as I was coaching, I coached track and field for a number of years as well. Um, I was working for a nonprofit called Young Life. 
And while I was working for Young Life, coaching was really just a passion of mine, but it was an opportunity to connect to the community that I was serving through this nonprofit. Um, and then some things changed and I left that, that career um, and just kind of through some prayer and thought and conversations, decided that I wanted to use my role as a coach in a different way. And so um, I started looking at some of the programs nearby um, and, and not that there was anything wrong with where I was at, loved uh, my time at Centennial, but was looking for like-minded coaches that I could grow under, people that um, had kind of done what I was trying to do. Um, and so I stumbled into a conversation with Mark Wood, who's the head coach at Liberty High School. You've had him on one of these Zoom casts. I, you know, he did a clinic and yep. um, awesome. incredible guy. Yep. Um, and so he brought me on. I was an assistant coach there and was the head JV coach for a couple years. And uh, just was a really formative time for me as a coach. Um, got to talk through a lot of, you know, philosophical things and, and uh, obviously the system, you know, we implemented that while I was there. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was just awesome. So I was there for three years and the whole time, you know, was throwing my name in the hat for, for uh, job as, as they opened up and just didn't really feel like there was the right fit. Each year I uh, interviewed and, and uh, uh, Willow Canyon came up and, and it was a school that I had looked at. And um, yeah, so I was fortunate enough um, a few years ago to get that job and uh, have been building, you know, kind of the, just the program since then. And we've had our ups and downs, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, but um, yeah, it's been really fun. being. What size, what size is your school? So we're the second largest division. We are, it's called 5A right now. So we go one to 6A in Arizona. Um, and we have just over 2000 students. So we are kind of um, uh, near the bottom end of that size bracket. Um, but yeah, so just about 21, uh, like just over 2000. Do you guys do your playoffs by size or merit or how do you guys determine playoffs? <laughs> yeah, so in Arizona, we have um, six state champions so we do by division so 6a has a playoff bracket 5a um and so on so 16 teams get into the playoffs um and a few years ago uh, we made a change feels like we make a change all the time um but we made a change a few years ago we we have a play-in round now and so 24 teams um can excuse me can finish in the playoffs but the first um, eight teams get a bye. So the bottom 16 play, if there's an upset, the bracket gets reseeded and then it's a single elimination tournament to the state champion. Interesting. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard anyone really do that. That's yeah. fascinating. Interesting. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, all publics, all privates or everybody together? Um, every, everybody is together as long as they're a member of our state association. So we have, um, you had another coach on too as well from um, Heritage, Maricopa. Yeah, coach Deacon. Um, yep. Yeah, and so they are in another state association. So we have a charter association and then the AIA. Um, and so if you're in the AIA, then you would qualify for the playoffs the way I just described it. Well, you mentioned Coach Wood. Is there any other mentors or guys that have helped shape your philosophy that you, you kind of hang your hat on or read books, watch videos? or? Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. A, a quote that I think is just, um, you know, just paramount if you want to grow is, um, you know, the idea, or it's not really a quote, I guess, because I'm going to share an idea from it, but the idea that you are always evolving in that the five people that you spend the most time with, that you're going to be a collection of them, right? And so I look at that as authors, um, you know, guys like on clinics and, and these Zoom calls, um, things like that. So I kind of look at myself as that I'm kind of ever evolving uh, with um, just how I want to do things, but that my principles kind of remain the same. And those were formed really early on. So um, when I was in high school, um, I played basketball, I ran track and field. And um, my track coach, my, my senior year, he just, he was a uh, lower level or a sprint coach. So he's one of the, the specific areas, became the head coach. And he sat myself and a few other seniors down and just said, look, um, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to hold you accountable. And you guys are either going to love me or you're going to hate me, but I'm going to hold you accountable. And, and he meant that. He's a man of integrity. His name is Darren Nielsen. Um, coached at my high school for football, basketball, um, track, uh, you name it. He did it uh, for a ton of years and left his imprint on many, many young men. Um, and it just really stood out to me that from the get-go, he said, look, this is what I'm going to do for you. And it's going to happen whether you want it to happen or not. And your choice, when I hold you accountable, your response is going to dictate what happens next. And he did that. And so um, it was life-changing for me. There were some things, personal decisions that I made that year as well. Um, I became a Christian that year. And uh, just having a man of integrity, starting to follow Jesus and, and reading the Bible and praying and um, having this thing that I held in such high regard, sports and achievement through sports, um, having that used to make me a better man was paramount. And so I decided to coach right after high school. Um, I started coaching track and field right away, got into basketball. And so Coach Nielsen has been unbelievable. Um, and, and I've only come across him a handful of times since I graduated. But each time, um, you know, I just can't help but say thank you um, for his impact in my life. So um, definitely Coach Nielsen, you mentioned reading. Um, there's, an, there's a book uh, called Inside Out Coaching by Joe Ehrman that I would suggest any young coach read. Um, and it just talks about the idea of being a transformational coach as opposed to being a transactional coach. That's been unbelievable for me. So, um, and then there's some, some local coaches, uh, Coach Market, Craig Marcus, who was an assistant at Liberty High School as well. Um, coach Tony Jackson, who's a lower level coach. Um, he's been at several different schools, just won a state championship with Ironwood High School. Um, has been amazing. And then uh, last but not least would be my, my high school coach. Um, one of my high school coaches, Matt Harris, uh, who was at Paradise Valley High School and then won a state championship at Notre Dame High School. We've had a lot of conversations as I got more serious about coaching and um, just has been a soundboard. Uh, you know, hey, coach, what do you think about this? And, you know, it's funny, 20 years later, we still, we still call coach, coach. And uh, so, yeah, so those, those are some guys who have left an imprint on me. Um, but reading, I think, is really important. So I mentioned Ehrman. Um, Carol Dweck, uh, if anybody on here has not heard of her before, she uh, wrote a book called Mindset, um, and that right there shifted my parenting, um, it shifted my teaching, shifted my coaching, um, so I would suggest picking that book up as well. 
Sorry, coach, I lost your audio. So coach, when did you first learn about the system? So first learned about the system. Um, again, I, I, I mentioned before I was a lower level coach and a, a varsity assistant with coach Wood at Liberty. Um, and so I think it was 15, 16 that uh, we instituted that program wide. Um, we, we had been a pressing team, you know, coach loves to press. Um, and so we had done that the year previous, but really hadn't gone to the subbing pattern. Um, and so that next year we went to that and, you know, I love pressing, um, that had kind of been my thing since I was able to coach, um, uh, the high school that I went to and, and played in, we didn't really do that too much. We were kind of a half court, um, you know, rugged kind of gritty man to man defensive team. And, uh, so I love pressing. Um, and so when we went to the system and going five in and five out, you know, real quick possessions, um, we just, Coach Wood and I had a lot of conversations that spring um, just about what it would look like. Um, and he turned me on to Grinnell. Um, you know, I, I read a couple different blogs, uh, watched a ton of Grinnell games that I could find. You know, back then it was whatever I could find on YouTube and, and emailing coaches, hey, can you send me some film? And um, so, yeah, so just a lot of conversations with, with Coach Wood and then kind of the research that I was doing on my own um, just to try to be an informed assistant. So you reached, so you so the resources were YouTube, watching Grinnell. Um, when did you, when did you pick up the book? And I, I know you probably have the book. So for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, it was that, that next summer. So it was, uh, just again, in conversations with, with Mark was, you know, Hey, if, if you're going to do this down the road, you know, obviously you're, you're on my staff. I was on his staff at the time. So you're going to, we're going to do this. Um, you know, the fun, the fun things that you do when you move six inches over into the head seat. Um, it, but I wanted to be informed because if I'm going to teach it, I, I need to understand the philosophy behind it so that if I disagree with something, I know how to hide my disagreements. Um, you know, because kids, obviously we know this, kids are really smart. They can see right through any kind of garbage you're trying to shovel to them. So, um, yeah, so pick that book up and, and more than anything, it just inspired more questions. And the conversations, again, that we were able to have as a, as a staff at Liberty that first year um, was awesome. I know it's funny as we have a new guy that came on and he's like, Mark, I finished the book. And I looked at him and chuckled. I don't know if you were in the room when I said this. I'm like, you never really finished the book, man. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's an everyday jot notes on the edge, look at reference, uh, go back, pick up and, and, and read a different chapter or whatever. It, it's, it's. Coach Smith and Coach Porter are just phenomenal. It's a phenomenal book. No, it really is. A, it really is a Bible. Whether you run the system or not, uh, I mean, yeah. I have, I'm on my third copy. As I joke, that I'm on my third copy. I've left two in a gym, and <laughs> so obviously it didn't last in the gym. So somebody, so so somebody two different people up. got two different people got great great gifts. Is the way I look at it. So um, from day one, you've been running it, right, at Willow. Yeah, our, our version of it, you know, and, and so we'll talk about that. But yeah, so we. So, I mean, I, I joke about this. You've listened to some of these. And so you interviewed for the job. Did you kind of go in saying that you wanted to play this style of basketball when you interviewed or did you That's... leave that or did you leave that not in the interview? 
No, that's a, that's a great question. So, um, whether it was arrogant, whether it was, you know, whatever you want to say, foolishness of, of being a young coach. And, and, uh, cause, cause like I said, this was a school that I, that I wanted to be at. It was a school that I had penciled. Um, ironically, I had two schools that year that I had penciled previously. And, and so kind of got into a position where I was looking at both. And, but, but to answer your question, I came in, we had played when I was a, uh, assistant at Liberty, we were in the same region. And so we played twice a year and the final game of, uh, the season, the year previous for Willow Canyon, uh, we as Liberty beat them pretty soundly playing the system. And so when that question came up, kind of what's your philosophy, how do you want to play? You know, I just matter of factly just said, Hey, if you guys need a copy of the film from last year, I'd be more than happy to share it. But the way that we beat you is how we are going to beat other teams if I'm your coach. And, you know, it was just very matter of fact, this is, this is how I want to coach. This is the style of basketball that I enjoy teaching that I enjoy watching. Um, and I think it fits with the personnel that we have in the community that I coach in. And so, um, you know, I don't, for whatever reason, I was blessed to have the opportunity to coach. And, and so we did that. And that first year, um, you know, we were, we were kind of a, uh, I don't want to say a senior heavy team. We did have three seniors that played a ton uh, or four seniors, I should say, that played a bunch. Um, but we had a returning team. I basically returned the top eight kids uh, from the previous season. And the previous season was, was one that a lot of them would uh, I think even now, years later, would say they, they want to forget that season. Um, it, it was just, you know, for whatever reason, there were a lot of challenges that first, that year previous to me taking the job. And basically returning the majority of the team, I really believe the system that we played um, set those guys up to have the success that they had. And we went on to break uh, a bunch of school records. Um, you know, they, they set the scoring record for the, for the school uh, most points scored in per game throughout the season, um, you know, rebounds, assists, things like that, that just kind of ran because the way that we played, the way that those guys bought in uh, for the majority of that season uh, put us in the position to, you know, basically have the system speak for itself. That's good. Um, ask this every time. What is your definition of system basketball? It's a little bit different for each guy. For sure. Um, <laughs> uh, Everybody so we, struggles with the question. <laughs> well, it's funny because my, my gut reaction is to give you the offensive answer, okay, which is shoot it before you turn it over. All right. That, that's that's kind of what we jokingly tell our younger players as they come in and they're, you know, they're on a fast break and they want to dribble and pick it up and, and try to kick it back so we can get into our into our offense and you know just so we we try to ingrain in them through small side games and different activities in practice that like we're going and we have an order of you know the shots that we want to take and um you know i don't know if we'll get into that but you know we want layups and then we want free throws and then we want open threes and that, that's kind of our systematic approach to teaching what we want um and, uh, and, and at the same time, on a fast break, we'll have kids pull up for threes and, you know, people in the stands are ready to, you know, come down and, and take me out of the gym. But um, so to answer your question, you know, what do we think is the system for us? 
um, it is it is 84 feet of pressure. And so whether we sub five in and five out, whether we're, you know, one or two subs at a time, rotation, whatever kind of situation we're in with our substitutions, um, we want to be in you the minute that you the minute that you take the ball out of the basket after we score, we're in you. And we're wanting that ball back as soon as we possibly can. And so for, for me, kind of I approach the system from a defensive standpoint of um, we're, we're going to not let you be comfortable. And so we you obviously are going to use our depth when possible to make that happen. But, you know, you're not really running sets um, against Willow Canyon. And um, we've, like I said, we've had some success because of it. Um, we've gotten burned sometimes because of it. But it's, I think, the best way to play the game of basketball. I hear a lot of Mark Wood in you, man. <laughs> well, it, as we already addressed, he's, yeah, he's a great man, a great coach. Um, you know, I hope that the impact that I'm leaving on my younger coaches on my staff right now are in a similar way to the way that he did for me. So, you got the job. You, how did you? How did you get the? How did you get the buy-in from the admin and the players and the parents? Or is it an everyday, or is it an everyday salesmanship still, coach? At this point, at this point, coach, you know, it's um, we we have a reputation at this point. People people know, um, you know, we we print on T-shirts, Chaos Canyon. If you go to any of our social media outlets, you know, you're gonna see, uh, you know, pace and pressure. Um, you know, uh, we, we brand that in from a very early age. So our camps, the very first T-shirts that we printed for our youth camps. Um, you know, on the back of it said Chaos Canyon. And, you know, we described it to people because they had seen Liberty, uh, you know, and I was coming from Liberty. So Liberty was kind of a, a buzzword that first year. And it was, hey, we're going to be Liberty light, right? Well, we're going to do the same things, but it's going to look a little different. And so that first year, I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be lying to you if I said that it was easy and everybody bought in and it was great. And um, the reality is most coaches, when you go to a program that is not a premier program, um, it, you're going to have a rocky first year and it just is what it is. Um, and I knew that and everybody kind of prepped me for that. <clears throat> but I, I, you know, this will be a book later on in my life. Um, I think that first year could be a book in and of itself, but um, the, the buy-in was a, was really like riding a roller coaster coach. Um, you know, it was when things were great, it was, Hey, everybody loves us. And, and wow, we're the smartest coaches ever. And, you know, the minute that we lost, we lost to Arcadia high school at the time had been undefeated the previous season in the regular season. So they went 18 and 0 and, um, they hadn't lost at home for two years. Okay. The point that we're playing them, it was like the seventh or eighth game of the season. And we're, you know, we, the team went three and 15 the year previous, we returned most of the kids. So we're going in, this team hasn't lost in two years. And, uh, and we lost by three and played them real tough, had our opportunities. It just wasn't enough. And, you know, the conversations with parents after that game, the conversations with some of my kids after that game, I, I mean, I'm, I was shocked. And, and that was probably my first mistake was being shocked, but um, so it was, it was a constant roller coaster. Our admin, um, my, my athletic director who hired me, John Williams, he uh, has since moved on. He's in a district level position now. Um, he's a phenomenal guy and his support never wavered. Um, 
And, and like I said, we were able to do some great things that season. Um, realistically, every coach would say this as well, right? We're all bad poker players when it doesn't go our way. Um, but realistically, it came down to about three different possessions from us being able to win the region that first season. And, um, you know, it, it just wasn't meant to be, and it is what it is. Um, but we were able to lay the, the foundation um, of how we want to play and what we wanted it to look like. So the community knew, you know, and I don't know how it is in California, but in Arizona, um, we have open enrollment. I think you guys have that too. And so, you know, eighth graders can go wherever they want, right? right. And so people kind of knew if I choose to go to my home school, um, then this is what it's going to look like. And we didn't really shy away from that. And we talked about the idea, like, look, you're, we're not going to, give 30 shots to one player. It, now, if you get 28 of them in the system, then so be it because, you know, it's obviously free flowing, but we're not going to run sets and, and slow it down so that we can get you the ball in your spot. And, and if that's not you, then, Hey, there's, there's a bunch of other schools that you can go to. I know all the coaches, if you want their number, let me know. Um, and so we just, were kind of upfront about that. What, what are your system goals, Coach? I mean, you guys do it traditionally? You do it a little different, or how do you do it? Yeah, so our, our system uh, goals that we outlined for our, for our kids um, at the varsity level, they look a little different at the, the developmental levels. Um, but we want to get 72 shots a game. And if we can get more than that, great. But that, that's kind of our um, baseline is 72 shots. Um, and, and of those, we want 42 of them to be threes. Now that's a really high goal. Um, and, and to be honest with you, coach, we just bumped that up actually this year. So we, we adjust the goals each year uh, based on our personnel. And, you know, if we think we have some guys who can shoot it a little bit more, like we think we're going to have this coming season, we bumped that up a little bit, but um, last year it was 36 threes. Um, we uh, are wanting to rebound the ball 33 times. So we say 30%, so 10 of those we want to be, or 11 of those we want to be offensive rebounds. Um, we are trying to turn the, the other team over, and this is probably our most important goal for, for the way that we want to play. We want to turn the other team over 20 times. And um, what we found statistically is when we get that one goal, um, we tend to win basketball games. Uh, when we get three out of the four goals, um, we've won about 82%. I mean, about, I, I, I'm kind of a stat nerd. I was telling you earlier that I prepped for things. So I looked through our stats. And so we've won 82% of our games when we've met three out of the four goals. Um, and our fourth goal then would be turnovers. So for us, we're trying to get under 12. We're trying to turn you over 20 times and we're trying to turn it, turn it over less than 12. So we want at least an eight uh, possession margin there. Um, and, and like I said, we've won games when we've met these goals and the reality is when we have it, uh, we, we struggle to win. And, you know, when you look at our roster, you look at our program. Now, if you send me a six, seven who can jump out of the gym and, and, you know, can defend the rim real well and then Hey, I'll look at changing how we want to play because I'm, I'm married to the pursuit of winning more than I am system basketball. But I, I think this gives us the best chance to win when you look at our roster. Um, and it, it encourages a team 
versus five or six guys and, and five or six cheerleaders and practice players. I and hear. so the last two years I played about as slow as I've played ever. And, and you hated it. I wasn't enjoying it, but I did it because I had the best player I ever coached and um, had to do what I had to do. We won 39 games the last two years. So awesome <laughs> that, and that right there coach to, to, piggyback on the second part of your question of how do we run the system the past two seasons we've had elite level guards um my so two years ago um i had the all-time leading score in in programs history so the school's been around for 16 years and young man scored uh, almost 1300 points for us um, i picked him up halfway through his high school career i think to be honest with you he probably would have been close to 2000 had we been coaching him the whole time um so we had that guy um he's now at a junior college and uh you know has high hopes at phoenix college with coach Dwayne eason um who you know as well yeah so um and then this past season we had the the first player in our school's history get voted on to an all-state team and so we had those guys they were both guards and so we played slower than we ever have um, in, in my time coaching, certainly, obviously, at my time at Willow, um, we had that first year that we were really kind of a true system team. And then this past season, um, we slowed it down a little bit. And then even last year, we slowed it down as well so that we could get the ball into their hands more on offense. Um, that obviously changed how we subbed and, um, you know, made our kind of our margin for our goals be a little tighter. But I totally understand when you have – the best player on the floor, you want to figure out a way to keep him on the floor and, and get him the ball as much as you can on offense. Yes. So you've been in Arizona. How much has or did Mike D'Antoni's offense with the Phoenix Suns impact your philosophy of how you like? Does that's that have anything question. to do with your offense that you guys like to do? Or? That's, that's a good question. You know, I think um, – to be honest with you, if we're talking about kind of NBA influences, I'd go back to the late nineties and looking at the, the Indiana Pacers, you know, and, and for me as, as a young guy, it's kind of an odd uh, connection, but I just, I loved Reggie Miller and I love the swagger that he carried himself with. And, and this sounds really, really simple, but to be honest with you, I think it is this simple is a three is worth more than a two. And, you know, you can go to that, that sequence in the Knicks game in the playoffs when, um, you know, our guy choked out Spike Lee and all that stuff. And, and um, just that idea of, of if we can get one more point per possession, when you do the math on that, um, I don't need as many possessions or I can miss more shots and we're going to be right there in the game. So the idea of playing really fast on offense was more um, how do we get open threes and how do we get free points at the free throw line? Um, but D'Antoni's sons were they were really fun to watch so um I love my my saying is because I've never been able to dunk in my life so I always say why why do I need to dunk when I can shoot threes for sure so for I sure could, if I could dunk I'd probably have a different view of it I, I agree I <laughs> maybe maybe I don't know three is still worth more than two but um if I don't know if this fits in here but you know you talked about NBA influence so I, I would point more to the Spurs and their coaching tree as kind of an influence for us. So I saw um, Coach Messina, Atori Messina, at a, a clinic in Vegas years ago, and um, just his teaching of pace and, or I'm sorry, of space in the half court, and 
um, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of influential. And so I went back and looked at their coaching tree. And so I've studied the Bucks and the Hawks when, when, uh, uh, Budenholzer was, is there and, and, uh, obviously Kerr and Pop and, and a lot of things that we've stolen concept wise that we just try to fit a wrinkle into what we do. Um, yeah. so yeah. Well, there was a kind of bring up DeAntonio's been in California and he came to the Lakers and me being a love hate relationship with the Lakers, um, the the people that I'm friends with out here, oh, DeAntoni can't coach. DeAntoni can't coach. I'm like, well, geez, all 30 teams use elements of his 21 pistol offense, and um, maybe the personnel that the Lakers had didn't fit the guy's philosophy of how to coach, and maybe he isn't great at changing his philosophy to an extent, and he wants to play his his brand of ball, yeah. But he 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 did he did make a guy that was probably an average basketball player named Jeremy Lin pretty dang good. And, <laughs> we um, all remember Lin Sanity for sure. I mean, for sure. He has the he has the history of making guys have their best best things of their career, and he also I believe has the dubious honor of of having players have their worst seasons of their career because they just don't fit. I mean, Channing Fry and guys like that, that had, they got a living. Um, Amari Stoudemire, I mean, what he did, and I, I just, he's a big influence of mine. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, you being from Arizona. Yeah. Um, so obviously you press and do this, but, but do you do multiple presses? What, what kind of defensive system do you guys employ? Yeah, so we, we've simplified that over the years. Um, and so we, we have really uh, zone press concepts out of man press alignment. And so um, we, have, we have a numbered system. Um, I, I forget you had uh, Coach on who did a clinic. It's going to bother me. Yeah, I was going to say Coach G. I've actually seen him a couple times, so it's going to bother me that I forgot. Um, but – you know, he went through the numbered system. I, I remember that with you. And, and uh, we, we kind of had been doing a similar thing where we labeled um, uh, the court into fours. And so we would have um, a one or a two or a three or a four dictating where we wanted a, our starting point of pressure to be. Um, but like I said, it's, it's really a man press with zone press principles. So sometimes it looks like a diamond. Sometimes it looks like a two-two-one. Um, and that those are just some changes that we'll make in the full court. Um, and then when we get into the half court, um, this last season, we kind of stumbled based on a need. Um, we, we stumbled into something that we're going to throw in as kind of our base. Um, and that, that's going to kind of a half court on the line, uh, man to man switching, uh, defense. And we'll do some, you know, jumping out of that. Um, but really we just it goes back to what i said at the very beginning that we want 84 feet of pressure so no matter where the ball is uh we want to pressure that and if we think we can get that one-to-one -one, then we're going to stay kind of in our our man-to-man -man. if we think we need to send two to the ball to get that then we're going to do that and that's kind of where our zone uh principles kind of come into effect so think back three years ago at your school coach what was the hardest what's the hardest part or maybe each year when you're Reputting it in, um, yeah. I, I assume you're kind of doing it at all three levels and aspects of it at least. Maybe not the subbing parts. And, yeah. Um, but what's the hardest part for you? 
you think? Well, I think you, you nailed it right on the head that year to year it's different. And, you know, everybody obviously knows uh, who we are and, and what we want to do from a, from a pressure standpoint. Um, but, you know, my JV coach, my freshman coach, in fact, this past year, I replaced, I uh, moved my freshman coach up. He was, he's now an assistant varsity coach. Um, and then my JV coach um, had a, had a child. They had a, their first baby. And so kind of late in the situation, he had to back out, which obviously totally understand, support him. But so we added um, some JV coaches in at, at kind of the 11th hour. And so we kind of had to simplify this past season, like, all right, so you've got our future, right? Three or four kids that we need to make sure we develop from the JV team. And they're not going to play on the varsity this past this season. So we need you to, to do these two or three things. And I, it was, to be honest with you, coach, it was a very tough experience, but one that I think is going to help me a ton the rest of my coaching career um, is just, I had to let go of some things that I thought how it should be done or how I wanted it accomplished. And, you know, they, my JV guys did an amazing job and, and they taught it differently and it looked a little different, but the outcome was still the same that we wanted. And so um, I think every season, every year you're looking at it, because here's the reality, especially the situation that we're in right now. Gosh, I don't know. In two weeks when school starts, I might have two or three transfers who move out of state because their states decided that they're not going to have high school sports. And so I could spend all this time telling my returning guys, well, this is what we're going to do. And you guys already know it. So here's the ball. Let's go. And then, uh, you know, I've got two kids who are in the mix that we got to teach it to. And so um, what I found is, is similar to the way that you taught the other night, you have a structured approach to, um, you know, this week, I'm trying to get these things in this week, I'm trying to get these things in. And we save a lot of our, our offensive stuff for the tail end of that. And, um, you know, because we're just wanting to get our defensive scheme and mentality imprinted on this year's roster as early as possible. Um, and, and so we have, gosh, coach, we, we have calendars going to June in a typical year where we're installing certain things in June. So if you're a multi-sport athlete at Willow Canyon, we champion that. I want you to go play multiple sports, but you, you aren't able to be a baseball player who plays basketball. You're not able to be a football player who plays basketball. You got to be a football player and a basketball player if you're going to make it because we're installing things six months away from our season um, because we want the most prepared guys to play the way that we want to play because obviously we know that that's going to put us in a successful position. So are you a five-in, five-out guy or are you, do you... – no, <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Yes. To say, no, we're not. So and that, that, yeah, that, we want to be absolutely. I would love it. Um, it. I would love to just watch. Yeah. Watch the reactions when we do that. But yeah, no, we, uh, we, the first year we, we were five in and five out early in the season. And then late in the season, we moved to more four in three in that kind of a thing. And then these past two years, it's really been two or three guys um, and I think it was coach Deacon who talked about how you run the system with eight guys or seven guys or whatever. And, and that was kind of more of what we did where we would have a guard and then it was just based on the feel of the game of, you know, okay, you're in. And, and 
kids always, right, they want to know when they're walking up to the score table, coach, who am I getting? Who am I getting? And, you know, in the heat of the battle, it's stop talking to me right now. I'll tell you when the sub gets called in, right? And so they're at the scores table with no idea who they're getting. And it's, all right, come on in, sub. And we're going, hey, get so-and-so, get so-and-so. And and um, so, yeah, I think it was more two or three guys. But, again, playing the same way um, as if we were truly playing five in, five out. So you would like to get it to – traditional system or you like or you or, or is it based upon personnel or is it uncomfortability to no it's yeah sorry I didn't mean to cut you off either no you nailed it on the head there it's it's based on personnel I mean I I heard something years ago and I apologize because I won't attribute it to the right person because I don't remember who shared it at this point but um you know as a good thief which we all are as coaches right um my my roster or our roster is going to be as deep as players are valuable. Meaning this, if you bring value as the 15th guy, we're going to keep you, you know, if you, if you're happy being the 15th guy and busting your tail every day in practice, showing up on time, you know, sweeping the floor, just like the number one kid is going to do, uh, putting the ball rack away, getting good grades and, and you may never play a minute, and you're that kid, which is rare, right? We all know that's very rare. Um, we're definitely going to keep you. But if you're, you know, the 11th or 12th guy and you're upset because you're not in the game and you're this, and you, then we don't have time for that because we're, we're trying to go somewhere. And we got to have everybody in the boat, you know, to steal from PJ Fleck or John Gordon, everybody on the bus, all moving the same direction. Um, so, to answer that, it really is based on personnel. If we have a team that we feel is 13 deep, then yeah, we are going to go five in and five out. And we'll be, you know, kind of like Grinnell and, and we'll have three units um, and rotate guys. And, and that, by the way, is what we do in the off season. We, we have units and say, okay, unit, you know, silver, you're in unit gray, unit blue. Um, and, and then we can evaluate them as groups um, in the off season. But once you get into the season and, and like I said, we're competitive, we want to win. Um, we're we're going to go more towards whatever the personnel dictates. What's the biggest criticism that you receive from parents or players about running the system? Um, it's simple, not enough shots for your best players, which I think is completely uh, false. And it, it just comes back to, you know, we all hear those things from the stands, um, you know, box out over the back, uh, follow your shot, you know, all those things that as coaches, you're like, um, that I just think it comes from a misunderstanding of what we're trying to do. And I think if parents really understood and, and like I said, from where the program was when we took over three years ago, going into my fourth year now to where we are now from a parent support level, from a parent understanding, from a big picture standpoint, we are night and day. And, and I couldn't be more happy and proud to serve uh, the community that we have because our parents are phenomenal. Um, and, and so to that point, I think they're understanding more and more what, what it is that we're trying to do. But, you know, the reality is if your best player, because you're playing system, because you're trying to push the ball, you know, it's the third quarter and he's only gotten three shots. Meanwhile, your seventh guy has gotten six, you know, from the outside, that's going to look ridiculous. Um, but the reality is that just might be what the system dictates or, Hey, maybe the seventh guy is on fire tonight 
And yeah, he's gotten six shots, but he's made three threes. So we're going to keep giving him the ball. Um, so I, I just think it comes down to the more familiarity that you have with how you want to play and, and the goals, the more buy-in there is from your community. Well, it sounds like you do a similar philosophy to me. Maybe this will be a shirt for us. Uh, the key freer three motto. Uh, how do you how do you get that? Is it four out, one in, five out, uh, ball screen? How how? I mean, I know you're not running plays and you're running concepts, but are yeah. you dribble drive ish? Are you read and react ish? Are you side ball screen? I mean, what? You, there has to be some form that you're trying to get these shots with. For sure. So I would say all of it and none of it, right? Because we we've stolen different ideas and. But the base offense that we've been in the last three years is a 4-1 um, with, with our five-man, um, which for the last couple of years, I've had an undersized big, uh, but he is the toughest kid, pro probably top two or three toughest kids I've ever coached in my career. Um, phenomenal young man. He's got an opportunity to play college baseball, and so he's pursuing that. But, uh, you know, finished second all-time rebounding in our school's history. And we've had multiple – we've had two D1 bigs. Uh, come through our program. And this guy finished second um, as a 6'4", as undersized big. Um, so he was on the block and, you know, secret's out at this point. Uh, it's been out, but, um, you know, he's gone so we can confirm that secret that, you know, the reality was we're, we're giving him the ball two inches away from the basket. And other than that, it's it's rebound it and get to the free throw line um, and uh, or or be a great screener. And, you know, we really weren't looking for him. So we were really in the half court looking, we were playing four, four and a half on, on five at, at times. And, you know, I think that goes back to kind of our concepts of we really want to have elite level guards at Willow Canyon. And so we, we train and we pursue through our youth program, guys that we think can become elite shooters, elite uh, blow by and elite wing players. And, and we've had great success with that. Won a lot of games from our guard play. So, um, you know, this coming season, um, we've, we've got a couple bigs that are developing that are, that are true bigs now. And so, you know, we may change what we do. Um, but at the same time, we don't know. And so we're, we've got some five out concepts that we're implementing this year. We've got some four one with some ball screen stuff. Um, the, the biggest thing, Coach, with all that is, is we give the freedom to our kids. And I think when you train and you play in a way where the freedom is upon them, um, there's a lot of things that are going to happen offensively that you just kind of sit back and go, hmm, that was cool. Maybe, maybe we should try to implement that more often. And, and so that's been, that's been one of the best parts, I think, is, you know, for example, um, K.J. Patrick – who a couple years ago graduated as the all-time leading scorer from the school uh, is at Phoenix College right now. He, he loved to play in the ball screen game. And so he just one day in practice told the, the big kid, uh, you know, hey, when I do this, come set a ball screen, right? And, and obviously, as coaches, we, we've got almost 100 years collective on our coaching staff. Uh, we, we know what a ball screen is and how to teach that and implement that. We get that. But going back to that freedom, you know, KJ, four or five possessions in a row just blew by and took two guys to the rim and was able to finish through contact. And, and so we just went, hey, KJ, come here real quick. Hey, did, did you like that? You think that could fit into our offense? What, what do you think? And now the ownership 
right, is on our players. The ownership is on our players for, hey, man, these, these coaches just let me do what I wanted to do on offense. And the trade-off is all I got to do is give my best effort on defense. Like, and, and so the buy-in level has increased um, as a result of kind of giving them that freedom. So four out, one in. And we're going on a roller coaster ride there. Yeah, we'll just um, the camera. It's 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 okay. It's just because I'm long-winded, coach. You're fine. So yeah, we're we're four out, one in as our base, Woo! and uh, I'm showing everything. <laughs> this will be great. This will be great. There we go. <laughs> I'm assuming good. you'll. Uh, we're yeah. good. Yeah. Now let's go to my actual com computer one. <laughs> so yeah, to answer your question, long-winded, we're a four out one in base, uh, but we do some different things out of that. Okay. Um, practices for you, um, your, your defensive emphasized and stuff like that for you. Um, are you doing systemish practices where you have themes or are you just kind of hitting on everything every day? Um, great question. So we, we do um, a block and random practice. So what I mean by that is 50% is of our practice is block scripted. Uh, we're going to do skill training <clears throat> from every level. Now, it gets, it gets less time, obviously, the higher the level, right? But, but our freshman practices, if we have a 90-minute practice, 75 minutes of that probably, 70 minutes of it is going to be skill training because we don't know – what a, a freshman player is going to be in two years. So we want them to all be developing their passing, their dribbling, their one, two step is what we teach here. Kind of our elite shooters. We're going to teach a hop. Um, you know, we, we train finishing at the rim, kind of that dribble drive idea. Once you get to the rim, what are you doing? Um, and so the bulk of our practices at, at that level is going to be skill training. JV is, is going to be more 50, 50, but even at the varsity level, we're, we're spending on, a, on an hour practice, we're going to spend 20 minutes, 30% of our time doing skill training. Because if you run, no matter what your system is, if you're a, if you're a half court, pack line, flex on offense team, if your kids aren't skilled, it doesn't matter what you're running, unless you're going to beat the other team 10 to 9. So you know, you're smiling. So I, uh, yeah, but I'm laughing. I'm laughing about the tweet that you sent earlier in the summer during COVID when you threw up flex, you said, Oh, oh things I would rather be things I, I would do. <laughs> That's why I started. hundred percent. I would teach the flex. I would love to teach the flex. If it meant we could be in the gym playing basketball for sure. You, and my response to your tweet on that day was I rather put a pencil in my eye. <laughs> I, was, I believe it. I, I believe it. So I was there. Yeah, no. So we, um, we, we will emphasize skill training in that block portion and, and the kids have prescribed kind of regimen. So the first 10 minutes of that, we have uh, two things we call one, the vegetables and one, the vitamins. So what are you going to eat today? You're either going to eat your vitamins or you're going to eat your vegetables. And we go through a routine and they, they're kind of on their own coaches are circulating. And then, um, we get into that block skill training. And then from there, it's really going to be an emphasis on what it is that we need to work on. So if we're installing early in the season, we're installing our press. Um, it might be three or four things that we're looking at that are going to be random. So what I mean by that is we're, we're going to teach the concept and we're going to control that environment for a few minutes. So for example, uh, our initial trap, 
right? We may have, and it's ironic, I have it here on the screen. We may start right here, right? And have um, our, our initial guy right here, we call him the tip right here. And we're just gonna throw an inbound pass here. And the second guy is back here. So as soon as the ball moves, so on the movement of the ball, those two guys move to go trap it, right? And, and we may do that for three minutes where they're in two lines, so they're constantly going and coaches are barking at them during that time to say, hey, you gotta move your feet here. Your hands gotta be up. Let's, you know, let's cross our feet so that way we can't get stepped through. And, and just things like that that we're gonna teach and control. And then right from that, we're gonna go into a five minute four on four or five on five full court scrimmage situation where we're playing 60 second games, right? So it's just, let's go. And coaches are barking during the time. And then once the 60 seconds is up, gray team, go get it with coach C blue team, go get it with coach Hayes. And, and they're talking for 30 seconds and then boom, we're right back into it again so that we're able to kind of work on that conditioning, that chaos of them starting to talk to each other. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that answered your question, but um, we do a block part of practice and then we do a random part of practice and uh, practices get shorter as the season goes along. Um, you know, we want to preserve legs and, and we emphasize shooting a lot more as the season goes along. Um, you know, we might have an, an hour and 15 minute practice and, and an hour of that might be different shooting um, just to make sure that we're getting our reps in and, and getting game type shots. What's the outlook look if we're blessed enough to play this season for Willow? Can oh, man, Coach. I, You know, we're going into year four, and um, we, we, have a, we have a young team that we're returning. Last year we played uh, four sophomores, um, a chunk of minutes, and so all those guys are back as juniors. And, um, you know, it's funny you mentioned Twitter. I just tweeted out this morning um, that, that I've had a couple people in our community text me, hey, coach, saw so-and-so at the park this morning at 6 a.m. Hey, coach, saw so-and-so at the park this afternoon at 3 o'clock. It's 106. What is he doing, right? Um, and, and the majority of those texts have been about those kids, have been about our juniors. Um, they are focused. They kill it in the classroom. They are unbelievable young men. Um, we've got some seniors that, are, that now will be my first graduating class. So I've got two kids that um, have been with me from day one. Um, and, and so, you know, I hesitate to talk about what results might look like. Um, I think some of the biggest mistakes I've made as a coach have been when I've moved my focus to the results. Um, so we just want to stay true to the process, which, you know, we believe is, is playing fast and, and creating chaos and, and having kids that are like-minded who, who, um, you know, care more about each other than they do about themselves. And I think, we're on the path. We're farther than we've ever been on that path. So um, I'd love to sit here and tell you, hey, we're going to win a state championship if we can play. But, um, you know, we're, we're just kind of focused on the process. And if we get the chance to play, we've got guys who are ready. And uh, so, yeah, I hope that that happens. Hope that we get that chance. What's kind of your philosophy or the thought process with freshmen or sophomores playing varsity? Hey, man, if you can go, then you're up here. You know, and, and, and I think that's been um, that's been a blessing and a curse in our community because people know that if, if you go to Willow Canyon and you're you're a senior and you, you can't rest on the fact that you're a four year guy. And and, you know, that was easy in year one because they don't know me and I'm coming in. And, and so, you know, I don't have those relationships built and it's been harder year in and year out. But 
Um, you know, when you go back to the foundation of who you are and what your principles are, um, that's one for me because I think that teaches real life. You know, you're, you're in private business. If you're not selling, then to be honest with you, your competitor is and, and you're in trouble. You're not going to be able to pay your mortgage and, and put food on the table. And, and so um, you've got to be able to produce at some level. And um, so if a freshman comes in and he's just as good as you and you're a junior, then you're in trouble because if we get the same production from a guy that we can coach for two more years, you know, you're in trouble. And that, that's really the conversation that we have with kids um, is just, Hey man, we love you. You know, we, t we talk about that. We're kind of, we're kind of unique in that way too. Right. We talk about with our kids all the time. We love you. We're supportive of you. We're here for you. Um, and, and, and maybe we're not unique in that. I don't, I don't mean to say that anybody isn't, but, um, us loving you means that we're going to tell you the truth. And what that means is sometimes it's going to be things you don't want to hear, but because we love you, we're going to tell you, Hey, this eighth grader that you don't even know about yet, that has been training with our youth program with relentless. He, if he's as committed at the high school level as he is to this dude, you're in trouble. And the best thing though, is you've got three years on him you have access to the gym, you have access to the coaches, whatever you need, um, we'll provide for you. And so, you know, again, coach, I, I tend to take a while to answer your questions, but if you're an incoming freshman and incoming sophomore and you are just as good or better than the guys that are returning, I mean, we're, we're going to teach you about life more than we are going to teach you about entitlement. Very similar philosophies. Um, Question for you. You've been coming on these calls and stuff since April, I believe. That's awesome. Definitely. Um, is there anything you wish you would have known that you've learned from all this stuff that you're going to take oh, to help you in, install this or, or pass on? Yeah. I mean, I know there's probably a, a lot and that's probably another, because the joke is, and you're saying, oh, I'm sorry about being long-winded on these questions, but I always say what the system coaches and us in general is we'll ask a question. And we play, we want kids to play in 12 second verse. For right? sure. But we can't, but we answer the question like 12 minutes. So I'll answer your question in the 12 second verse. Yes. I've learned a lot. Um, <laughs> a lot of things coach. No, I, I, um, to be honest with you, coach, I, I think we're all on a process of growth, yeah. right? And if you're a good coach, you're trying to grow. If you're a pack line coach, you're, you're trying to, you know, study and, and grow as much as you can so that you can be better next year than you are this year. Um, I think that that leadership has to be set from the top. And so if, you know, for example, I tell our kids, we got to clean the gym. You know, we, we want to make sure that this is better. We, we leave it better than we found it. And, you know, I've got a whole new group of kids coming in. So if I preach to them, you know, we, we're going to clean the gym, then they better see me sweeping the floor the first month. You know, I better get there first and sweep the floor. So that way the junior who's learning about leadership can see me doing it and now can ask, Hey coach, can I do that? You know, it, they need to see the senior captain sweeping the floor. He shouldn't be showing up two minutes before practice starts and, and expecting a freshman to do that. And, and because that's just not how it works here. Leadership gets set from the top. Um, so 
there's a lot of things that I've learned in the last few years that I wish I would have known. To be honest with you, coach, if I'm the coach that I am today, three years ago, there's no way we don't hang a banner in that gym as region champions. Like, just no way. Because the growth that I've had, I'm a way better coach today than I was two years ago. And, you know, I've seen some of those guys that have graduated and some of the things that I challenged them on and the way that I approached them, um, and, I, and I mismanaged it. And so to simply just say, hey, man, you know, we've talked about how we love you and I love you and I need you to know I messed up and I'm going to be better for the next group than I was for your group. Um, and, and immediately the walls of frustration and annoyance and, and just things that tend to come up go away when you, I think, as the leader can say, I messed up, you know, I, we'll own that. Um, so there, there's a lot of things, you know, when you talk about an X's and O's things, obviously, which I'm assuming is, is the heart of what you were asking, you know, yeah. I, I just think, I just think the, uh, the way that a lot of coaches run the system in their own way, there have been things that I've stolen from a middle school girls coach, uh, all the way up to, you know, uh, guys who are, are setting records at, at the D3 level. Um, and so I've, I've stolen one thing from each clinic and that is, that's the goal of this, right? right. Is if I can take one thing away, um, I'm going to be better tomorrow than I am today. You talked about the other day, coach, you confirmed something on your, I remember I chatted in, you were, you were going for a little while. Nobody was asking questions. So you were like, Oh, cool. There's a question. And you look, and it was just me commenting, but it was in our practices, no matter what drill we're doing, if it's live and you take a charge, it's over, you win. Yeah. And and, and just that idea of toughness, I stole that from someone I don't even know who I stole it from. But I'm going, if we preach toughness and we preach taking charges, then we have to reward it like it is the greatest thing in the world. So how do we do that? Oh, make the other team do push-ups or run or get donuts tomorrow or whatever it is that's the punishment um, for losing the game. So yeah, I go the most craziest on the sideline when a kid takes a charge. For sure. You um, have to. Uh, so. So NBA is getting ready to get going again. Who do you got? Who's going to win the? Who's going to win? Who's going to? Who's going to win the first NBA championship in in the bubble? In the um, bubble with a no it, advantage. I think you did this because you know that I'm from Phoenix, and it's just going to be like exercising demons to say. But um, without without a doubt, I, I think the Lakers have the the head start and, and have the best opportunity to win. I mean, I think the Clippers you know, have a chance to get them a run for their money. But it's going to be really interesting, man. I mean, you see the way guys are kind of dropping out of the bubble right now. And, and if a guy gets sick, you know, and three guys on the Rockets get sick in the Western Conference Finals, what, what do you do? Do you delay the games? Do you, I mean, that, so that, that's going to be really interesting just to see how that happens. And, but as a guy who, I mean, the TBT, not to knock it by any means, because it, it's, it's good for what it is. But, you know, in some, some games, it looked like some glorified AAU where guys were just thrown together at the last minute. But just somebody who's missing basketball so much, um, you know, I, I can't wait for it to start back up because the TBT was, you know, thrilling and, and uh, soaked that up as, as much as we could. So ready for the NBA to get going. One of my next ideas is with the Zoom group and some of you guys that I've gotten pretty close with is we're going to have to have a Zoom night during the NBA finals. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm in. All of us are in. in there and we'll have our own instead of the, the TNT crew breaking down the game. We'll, we'll have, have our own crew. We'll have we'll have we'll have the system basketball zoom crew. I love it. Yeah. 
That's funny. Uh, system, basket, system basketball tonight instead of NBA tonight. I probably get trademark violations or something like that for that. That's all right. Did you get in trouble for your little ESPN ticker that you had going on in the background? Coach Huddleston made that. Oh, okay. Well, that was good. A three-pointer for cured by COVID, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, yeah, and what was it? NFL would be played on in, on Xbox? At Madden, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So, um, you started, just do a little, I haven't done this with anybody. So uh, your first guy, uh, starting guys and presently in the NBA, you're, you got to start your franchise. Who are you going to start your, your NBA franchise with? I'm going to trick you. I'm going to trick you. Um, I, I mean, I think, so defensive focus guy, right? And I get, to, I get to do whatever I want, right? So I know everybody's going to sit and argue, you know, you can't run certain things in the NBA because guys are too skilled. You can't press. You gotta, no, I, I want the best defensive player today. So I'm, I'm going to take Kawhi as, as my number one pick. And uh, just because he could pick up every one of your other players by the head and carry them if you wanted to because his hands are so big. Uh, but just defensively, I think, you know, you got, you got to start there. I think he can lock down um, anybody's best player. And, and then obviously he's not too bad of an offensive player as well. So and we talked about this before I hit the record button. Uh, <laughs> can throw me under the bus like that? Come on. Oh man. <laughs> I know who you said. You said so, <laughs> I, yeah. You, the, switched, you switched to Kawhi, which is good. Uh, yeah. But I'm going to tell you my top five that I've seen yeah. in my lifetime. And I, and I tell people this, um, I'll take these five guys and roll it out. And, and I don't think I might, I don't know if I'll lose, um, but maybe, maybe somebody can come up with a better five, but I don't know. I'd have uh, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Larry Bird, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, I was born in 1975, everybody. So those are people I have actually witnessed play on TV. So there might be in, in your eyes, older guys than me that have seen prior to 1975 guys, but I'll take those five guys and I think I'm going to be pretty hard to be beat. Yeah, that's a pretty good squad. That's a pretty good squad. You've got, especially when you're talking about positionless basketball, you got guys who can, you know, bring the ball up. You got guys who can score at the basket. You got guys who can shoot, you know. Um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty yeah, good squad, team. coach. Yeah, Jordan who can guard any guy on the perimeter and LeBron can guard all five positions. So, and he's, a, and he's the best probably clean up at the basket guy if somebody did happen to get beat. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really good squad. Obviously, we're talking about guys in their prime. Uh, you know, the one glaring thing, I think, is you've got guys who, outside of Larry, you know, because I would never speak blasphemy on him from this, but their secondary option is a three-pointer, the majority of the other guys. And so, um, you know, if you're going to play system – you know, yeah. you've really only got one shooter. So um, I would just have Kawhi ne never let Larry touch the ball, and then we're going to try and beat you with threes on the other end. So, um, but, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, you threw me under the bus. I picked Giannis as my first guy. I was thinking length and defense. He can play anywhere in my press. But uh, Well, if I, had to start, if I had to start an NBA franchise, I'm thinking longevity and youth. So Kawhi is, what, 28, 29? So he has, I don't know. So he yeah, has, he's got more. Well, Giannis is younger than him. So he has maybe three, four more years of prime prime. Okay. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take the guy from the Dallas Mavericks and take Luca Doncic. Okay. 
Um, because I'm an offensive guy. I'm, 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 my nickname's Mark D'Antoni, man. So I don't, I, 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 I defense is whatever. We, yeah. we, we try to just fake it and score one more point than you. So, <laughs> You're uh, content winning 101 to 100, huh? All right. Yes. So maybe the system fits me great. First team to 100 wins. So, um, but, um, <laughs> by, really, by the way, real quick on that, what do you think the high school level answer to that question is, right? We always talk about in the NBA that joke, uh, the first team to 100 wins. What do, what do you think it is when you're playing system? It used to be when I was a, a few years ago. I mean, before people were playing super fast. Out here, we uh, 40. If you're familiar with a guy named Ralph Lawler, the Clippers guy, okay. Lawler's law was first team to 100, right? Uh, we used to say first team to half 100, so 50. Um, now it's probably 60. Okay. Uh, and we have a shot clock. Fortunately, you don't. So, uh, so out here, games are played a little bit faster. Um, you got more teams in the 60s and 70s and even 80s now um, out here in California. I mean, my team was not as good offensively this past year, and we still averaged close to 60. Um, um, I haven't been below 55 in a while. Um, so, What do you think – Sorry, I'm not meaning to steal your interview and put you on the spot. I'm sure you can edit all this out. But I'm curious, like, uh, the Elam ending. So we don't have a shot clock here, right? What What do you think about – because this is actually something – so we run a fall league. That was kind of the, the first thing. Uh, on the west side of Phoenix, most of the preseason leagues and summer leagues are east side and central Phoenix. Uh, there's really nothing out on the west side. So try to kind of start – uh, something that we could build into kind of a premier type thing and maybe steal a couple of those better schools from the east side to come over. Um, but we talked about this coming season for our fall league. So it's a four-week thing. Uh, we do a, a number of kind of seeding games, and then we do a single elimination tournament. And what we talked about was the single elimination tournament would be an Elam ending uh, experience. And like so um, – you know, whatever that score, we hadn't gotten to that point because we're just, you know, we don't want to spend too much time on things that we're not sure are going to even happen. But um, I'm curious if you think that that's a good solution. You know, that's talked about a lot on Twitter uh, for the lack of a shot clock. What do you, I mean, what do you guys normally do? The, the typical 20-minute running half stuff? Uh, oh, for our fall, fall league? Yeah, so we do, yeah, yeah. I'm talking like regular season and, and playoffs, like for a high school regular season. If you don't have a shot clock, right, if you said instead we're going to play eight points plus at this time within the, within the game. I think you would get rid of people holding the ball. 100%, 100%, right? For you being a system coach, you'd want it. <laughs> A hundred percent. I just, I just think like, you know, all the arguments against the shot clock of the idea that, you know, Money. we can't afford it. We can't afford the shot clocks, all that, which is just nonsense. Like, okay, cool. We found the solution. Money shouldn't be an issue. And I don't know. I might have to edit this for you, but I'm looking at your court behind you. You're a high school. Why do you have a college line? Uh, that's because we had a college playing at our gym. Okay. And I tried to get them to buy me shot clocks. I was like, hey, why don't you guys – they bought these portable shot clocks. I was like, well, you can put the extra line up there, but you can't put shot clocks in there? Yeah, they, they, bought, they bought shot clocks that they put on the sidelines kind of right over here during their games. And I said, why don't you guys just leave those? You know, we'll, we'll use them. 
And no, they're getting hung up. So they hung them up in their gym when their gym got finished. But yeah, no, you see a circle here, charge circle yeah. and the, the three point line. Cause we had a college plan in our gym the last three years, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of creative ways that we can move the game forward. And, and, you know, I think it's definitely a purist is going to get upset and go, what the heck is going on? But most of those people in our gym are already thinking that anyways, when, uh, yeah. So. I don't know why we can't play 10, four 10 minute quarters. What do you, you guys do four eight minute quarters, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Maybe keep the lower levels 32 minutes, but let varsity boys play 40 minutes. I know uh, Minnesota, I believe they still do it. They play two 20 minute halves. Really? Stop clock? Yeah. Really? Regular season, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. See, I don't fall leagues, summer leagues, spring leagues out here. I don't like to go to events that are uh, stop uh, running clock. You guys uh, do a lot of stop clock stuff there. Some of, at the varsity levels, that more of the awesome. or, event organizers are doing more stop clock. That's uh, great. That's great. Yeah, everything's running here because it's just too fast. Yeah, it's good. So, but coach, um, you want to shout out any of your um, handles or anything for where people can follow you? On sure. Your yeah. They, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me on again, coach Hart. I'll shout you out first too. You're putting this together and, and doing these zoom casts and, and the clinics and things like that have been amazing. Um, you know, like I said, throughout our conversation, I've, I've stolen one or two things from almost every one of the calls I've been on. Um, there've been a few, I've stolen a lot of stuff, but, uh, have just really appreciated the opportunity. The network is growing. So it's really fun to see uh, more and more coaches get involved. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm pretty active on, on social media. I think it's a great way to share what your kids are doing and, and uh, you know, let people know what's going on with your program. So uh, my personal um, account is at coach Coletti. There's two L's and two T's. Um, and then our uh, school account is at Willow Canyon BB. And, uh, and that's kind of our, our handle on, on, uh, Instagram and, and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, I just, I really appreciate the opportunity to share it. Like I told you earlier, it gave me an opportunity to go back and, and look through what we do and why we do it. And, and, um, you know, I, I don't know, uh, where we're going with, uh, the clinic stuff, but, you know, maybe being able to share some more about. Well, I'll know a little bit more here on Monday when we find out where we'll be with our season and what's yeah. going on. I'm thinking yeah. maybe Thursdays or, or not Thursdays, but maybe August, I reach out to more um, high school coaches and see if they want to share about their programs and do, do a clinic here or there. I, I asked you out there and you said you might be interested in putting something together. So sure. um, it's, I'm not after the big names and the big fish. And I think people know that is it's whoever really wants to share and, and wants to talk hoop and has good stuff that, we think, or I think that people will get value of, I'll bring them on. And, and then, and some of it's just by interviewing people and doing these Zoom casts that I'm doing as well. Um, each, each person that I've interviewed on these, I've learned something just by the interview. So oh, for sure. Um, so it's kind of selfish reasons to do them too, but hey, I, I'm trying to grow and then hopefully, hopefully yourself has and others are I mean, like you said, it's growing. I mean, it, it was a, a weird April, uh, put this together and how it's grown. I mean, and the YouTube channel now is up to a little, 
I think 270 people following and awesome. So, um, I mean, the Facebook group, um, the clinics, I, mean, I just never know who's really going to come and some are, some have a bunch, some don't, but I just know that we offer a big variety for everybody. So, uh, well, yeah. And I, I think, you know, to that point, just real quick that made me think about this, you know, as coaches, we open our gym and we tell our kids, you know, Hey, the gym's open. If you want to come in, you know, and what kids grow to understand is that as a coaching staff, you're consistent and they can count on that that's going to happen. And there's some kids that may not be able to make it because of whatever reason, but then they know, oh, it's Thursday night. Coaches are there. I want, I need to go. I need to see my teammates. I need to be in the gym. And for just this, you've been so unbelievably consistent mm -hmm. that, you know, like I, I had like two or three weeks where I wasn't able to be on too many of the calls for we were traveling and, mm -hmm. and just some personal things. And then this past week we were home and I was like, Hey, let me see if Hart's doing anything. And I look in the email and you've got some every single night. I mean, literally, I think you did something six days this week. So um, I just, I appreciate you doing it. So well, six counting you right now. So, yeah. um, so but no, I, I appreciated all your support and everything you've done and God willing and everything. I want to wish Willow Canyon and Arizona community um, safe, be healthy, and good luck to your program and all you're doing. I know I took this idea from you, and we'll leave with that, is we did a book, and I got the idea from you. So we're doing good. the – we did the hard hat. Um, and awesome. I, I, I sent an email out to my program, and a parent responded back, what book do you want? <laughs> I'll buy them. That's had, awesome. You had them there in two days. Um, we passed them out for our two workouts that we got. And then that following Monday, we got that great email that said, uh, shut down again, shut down again. So, I mean, I had the most happiest kids in the world. We were just doing spin catch series and shoot. Sure. Again. Um, I asked the kid, can you bring a speaker so we can play the music? I thought he was just going to bring one of those little Bluetooth ones. No, man, he brought, he brought like a subwoofer <laughs> that he had playing from the parking lot. See? See, you give your kids freedom and they'll run with it man. Yeah. and they'll surprise you. That's so, good. So here's one. I don't know if you're playing music or you plan on doing it, but um, we do competitions in practice. So whoever wins the competition is going to get to play the playlist. The next smart. That's smart. Coach Hart doesn't like the way practice was. Yep. Coach Hart you... gets to pick his own playlist. The next I love it. I so love it. That's, that's they great. Want, we... They don't want to be bumping Garth Brooks or anything like no. that. Oh, that's good. And they better be going pretty hard. That, that's a great idea, coach. That, that's, I mean, that's good coaching right there, right? You find an incentive that they're going to like and, and you push them towards it. So that, that's awesome. I picked up on one of our first Zooms that uh, from Coach Barber and then listening to um, Coach Andrew saying, if you're not playing music, you're not, you're doing something wrong in practice. And I evaluated my practices and I was miserable at my practices the last couple of years and hmm. That's part of the intrigue of me switching to what I'm doing. So um, I want to be good. I want to enjoy practice. I so um, again, thanks, Coach. Thanks and, for having me. And we'll hopefully see you next week. If you get that get that ankle healthy, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> hey, appreciate your time. Thanks, right, brother. Man. See ya. Well, thank you for joining us to say today on the Zoomcast with Coach Coletti. Uh, this week on System Basketball on Tuesday, we have Coach Perchins uh, from Pure Sweat on Tuesday evening. Wednesday night, we have the System Coaches Roundtable. And Thursday, we have Sarah Chafee. 
discussing the mental side of basketball. And then Friday night, we will have our, our 6 p.m. Pacific Time System Social. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit a like for us, and follow us on System Hoops at Twitter and Instagram. Till next time, this is Coach Hart. Thank you.